It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And of course, after every Carolina Panthers game where I'm live right now on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Had some issues earlier, hoping we don't have any technical issues moving forward on today's show. But make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over in our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel so that you never miss any of the live editions. And if you do, it's okay. You can always check out this show and all the other episodes of Locked On Panthers over on your Locked On Panthers podcast feed wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show there. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. Got Black Friday coming up this Friday. So, of course, it will not be a show. But next Friday, Going into the bye week, there will be a weekly Friday mailbag. Send in your questions at any time again at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council there on Twitter. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players and they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. On the Carolina Panthers, three, the Baltimore Ravens, 13, yet another awful, horrid offensive performance by the men in black and blue. It was a great defensive performance, maybe the best they've had all season against a Ravens team that came in as one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. And for the second week in a row, that defense went out there and answered the call. But yet again, this offense has displayed that they are one of the worst, if not the worst, in the NFL. And certainly the worst offense I recall I've ever seen throughout the 28 seasons of Carolina Panthers football. And the quarterback position we've known for a while is putrid. And we got yet another reminder on Sunday of just how bad it was by watching the performance of Baker Mayfield. And by no means am I going to sit here and blame what happened on Sunday afternoon all on Baker But we can't run from it. We know what it is at this point in time. And Baker starting for the sixth time this season in those six starts. Panthers are now one in five. The offense has never looked like they've had a single bit of flow outside of, I guess, the second half in that loss to the Browns. Other than that, they've been awful. And Baker has not been good. And today, standing in for P.J. Walker, who's out with ankle injury, we'll find out whether P.J. can play next week at home against Denver or whether it will be Sam Darnold. We'll, we'll find out later on, as I'm sure Steve Wilkes, who didn't really have much to offer following the game today about the quarterback situation moving forward, said he'll probably have more for us on Monday, as he typically does. So we'll find out tomorrow or whenever you listen to the show, maybe today, that we'll find out what's going to happen with Baker 
with PJ, with Sam, and who's likely to begin to get to start against the Denver Broncos. But for me, I think we've seen enough from Baker Mayfield at this point in time. I was someone who was excited about Baker coming here just because it wasn't Sam Darnold, and I thought it offered an opportunity for this team to actually be able to elevate its offense. It's been quite the opposite. He's been worse than PJ. He's been worse than Sam. He's been worse than what we got out of Cam last year. He's been worse than Teddy Bridgewater. He's been by far the worst quarterback of the what was the Matt Rule era, but of the last three years since the Panthers moved on from Cam 1.0. And today, once again, it was a reminder of just how bad he's been. 21 of 33 for 196 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked four times. His final pass of the game was yet another batted ball at the line of scrimmage that resulted into an interception. It was a microcosm of how things have gone for Baker here in Charlotte. We've been over it. The organization did him no favors by delaying when they traded for him on July 6th. They could have done it on draft night, day two, before they decided to trade up and bring in Matt Corral, who we don't have the benefit of getting to watch this year because he hurt his foot in that preseason game up in New England. And I would have loved to have the opportunity to sit here and evaluate Matt Corral and to see whether he could be the future, but we didn't get that this season. Instead, we've had to watch Baker. We've had to watch PJ, but with Baker, it has not been good. He did not get the opportunity to go through mandatory minicamp and to go through OTAs. He didn't get the benefit of having every single one of the snaps during the preseason with the first team and during training camp with the first team. But those excuses have worn thin 11 weeks into the season when in his six starts, they've looked far worse offensively than what P.J. Walker and his team have looked like when P.J. started and how few reps did P.J. get during training camp. And during a preseason, now certainly in preseason games, he played a lot, but it's not like P.J. Walker was out there with the ones, and yet P.J. Walker has looked better than Baker Mayfield. Sam last year looked better than Baker. Cam looked better than Baker. Kyle Allen looked better than Baker Mayfield. And if you have listened to me for a while, you know just how I felt about the Kyle Allen time here in Carolina. That's how bad Baker has been, and it sucks. I feel bad for him. I take no pleasure in saying this, but we all see it. And hopefully that last throw that got batted down and led to an interception, hopefully that's the last throw we have to see from Baker Mayfield here in Carolina. There's no benefit to their organization and really to the team to keep playing Baker. I understand this week with P.J. having the ankle injury and Sam Darnold having just come off of IR, why Steve Wilkes felt like Baker Mayfield gave them the best opportunity to go out there and win a tough road game in Baltimore. I totally understand that. But now next week, with Sam having more time back and more reps in the offense, and we'll see where P.J.'s at. There really doesn't make any sense to put Baker out there. We all understand the ramifications of if he plays 70% of the snaps this season and how the conditional fifth-round pick in 2024 goes to a fourth-round pick, and they've already been able to get back that fifth-round pick by trading away Christian McCaffrey. There's no reason to see Baker. We already see – we know he, what he is at this point in time. He's not a good quarterback for this team. He's had his, his time and moment in the sun in the NFL, but has not worked out here in Carolina. He's had possibly the worst quarterback performance of anyone we've seen. And we've sat here and watched Jimmy Clausen. We've seen Matt Moore. We, we've seen Chris Wanky. And Baker Mayfield is right there with those guys among the worst starting quarterbacks we've ever had in franchise history. And that is saying something, especially for somebody who was never this bad in Cleveland. So I don't know what happened. Is it him? Is it Ben McAdoo? Was it the offensive line today? I don't know. But what I do know is Baker Mayfield has not worked out here in Carolina. And overall, once again, the offense outside of Baker was just bad. 
mean, DJ had a terrible drop in this game. We rarely got to see him get opportunities because it just he didn't get opportunities to catch the football. Terrace Marshall, the lone positive of the day offensively. 205 total yards, 3.8 yards per play for the Panthers. Seven of their 54 plays came in Ravens territory, and three of those seven came in garbage time, down 10 points on that final drive that ended in that interception that Baker had his ball batted at the line of scrimmage. Three for 12 on third down, came in, last in the NFL, converting 28%, so 25% today, which is what we've seen all season long. 36 rushing yards and 17 carries, 2.1 yards per carry. Came into this game in the past four games, averaging 32 rushes for 160 yards and had seven touchdowns in those games. And they weren't able to do anything. And had taken care of the football. That's the one thing you can say. They're down 6-3. They had taken care of the football late in, in, early in the fourth quarter. Shai Smith gets stripped by Marcus Peters. That leads to a Ravens touchdown. Baker throws another interception to Marlon Humphrey. He said after the game that there was some miscommunication with him and Shai. Either way, that's a turnover. Panthers defense holds. And that's the thing. The Panthers defense, even after two turnovers in Panthers territory, where the Ravens had, were in plus territory, the defense still held. And the Panthers still had a nice outside chance to win that game. And they threw another interception on that final drive. It was by far, I think, the worst game of the year by the Panthers' offensive line. I mean, four sacks. It can be a quarterback stat. It can be an offensive line stat. Certainly, Baker didn't help them. I don't know if the receivers were open or not. Downfield, hard to really see on the TV broadcast. But they didn't play great. You can look at the rushing totals. They didn't run the football well. So, clearly, the offensive line unit was not good enough for the Carolina Panthers to win. So we all understand. They didn't run the football well. They turned the ball over. And the quarterback, as we've seen in the other five starts that he's had here in Carolina, just was not good enough to get the job done. And there's really little reason to see him play here in Carolina the rest of the season. I hate it, but that's just reality, folks. And for Baker, his time here in Carolina, we already know, is only going to last six more games. But it... We really don't need to see him in a uniform at all. I mean, unless PJ's still out, we don't really need to see him on the field. So we'll see uh, what Steve Wilkes decides to do when we hear from him again on Monday afternoon following the game. Now, we'll get to the defense, though, because they were fantastic. And I think it's part of the frustration and maybe the main portion of the frustration from the fan base when you look at that defense and look at the games that they could have won. They played well enough to win, but the offense just was not able to do anything resembling a competent unit in the National Football League in 2022. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly and be 21. This episode of Locked on Panthers also is brought to you by our friends over at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and coming soon down under to Australia. 
Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just want to get from point A to point B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Mini Turo Hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. So again, we saw yet another terrible, 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 terrible offense performance by the Carolina Panthers. Baker was no good. The run game was no good. The O-line was no good. They turned them all over three times when they were still in the game and yet had an opportunity on that final drive to where I was thinking, and let me see. Let me go back and look at the play-by-play on that drive because was it third down or was it fourth down? when Baker Mayfield threw that interception. Because I know the wind was not great, but there could have been a, uh, a, a situation there where it was third and six. So, well, okay, third and six, he, goes, he throws the interception. And they're at the Baltimore 31 when that happens. If that ends up not being intercepted, the Panthers could have attempted what would have been a 49-yard field goal. I get the win. Zane Gonzalez, we've seen he's had it, he's had his struggles at times this season. I don't know if he makes that kick, but if he makes it, then the Panthers are only down by seven. They go on side, and we'll see what happens there. What had an opportunity? So they still, within reason, had a chance to win that game late, but we all watched the game and knew it wasn't going to happen. Three of those plays on that final drive were three of the seven plays they even had all day in Ravens territory, as I mentioned earlier. It was bad, and it was just a boring game. Sitting there in the first half, if you love defense, you're going to love that game. It was great defense, certainly from the Panthers' standpoint against that Baltimore Ravens offense. And you could say the same in a way with Baltimore's defense versus this Panthers' offense, especially against the run game, but it's hard to give them that much credit just knowing just how bad this offensive unit has been all season long. And and one other thing before we really get into the defense, I was just kind of confused by. You got talked about how I understood why Steve Wilkes decided, all right, Baker, you know, you're going to be my guy with P.J. out this week. And Sam, he's too soon to bring him back. But Steve did open the door to Sam Darnold getting in some work at some point this week. And he said, yeah, it's not like I'm just going to like play him just to play him. But, dude, you've seen how the offense has played all, all day long. You've seen that Baker has been off on his throws, and he hadn't turned the ball over yet to that point. But why not give Sam an opportunity? When you're down 13-3, the offense hasn't really done anything all day. They had run four total plays in Ravens territory up until that point in time. Why not put Sam Darnold out there and give him an opportunity to see if he could salvage the game? Why not do that? So it's just it's interesting to me and really curious that Steve Wilkes would even – bring up the possibility of playing Sam Darnold and then to not play him when he saw how bad the offense was. Because typically that's what you do. You want to give the offense a spark. I don't think there's anyone out there who can really give this offense a spark. The the biggest spark they've had has been P.J. Walker so far this season. And even we've seen on that Thursday night game where P.J. could have been picked off three times where, yeah, it's a spark, but also you're fortunate that he does not get intercepted and make some of these bad plays that were out there for the defense to be able to capitalize on. That being said, P.J. still – been the best answer for the Carolina Panthers at quarterback this season so far in 2022. And unless Sam does something in like six weeks, I think that's probably going to be the answer anyway. So we'll see what happens. But I don't really get why he talked about Sam maybe getting an opportunity. And then looking at how the offense played, he's like, no, we're not going to play Sam. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. But that's something I thought maybe he could have gone to. Not like it would have made a difference anyways. The Ravens defense was not going to lose that game, whether it was Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. Just uh, thought I'd mention that, considering that's something we had heard earlier in the week from Steve Wilkes. The Panthers defense, though, was excellent. Once again, I mean, they held Baltimore to 115 yards rushing on 30 carries, 3.8 yards per carry. In the first half, they held the Ravens to 37 yards on 13 attempts. So the Ravens did a better job in the second half rushing the football. And really, it was after Kenyon Drake had a nine-yard run. Before that, the Panthers had held the Ravens to 60 yards on 18 rushes up to that point in time. And then after that, you know, of course, they went on to have, what, 55 more yards the rest of the day. So they, they kind of got it going late in the game, which we've seen the defense do because they've been out in the field so long and they get tired. But I just think it's like Ravens are the second-best rushing team in the league. The Panthers came in with the 25th-ranked rushing defense. They weren't going to totally stop them, but they did a great job. 115 yards rushing, 30 carries. That's what they held them to, 3.8 yards per carry. You can win with that, especially against a team like Baltimore where Lamar didn't really do anything all day. And I thought they did a great job containing him, not just in the passing game, but, of course, on the ground. He did have that one rushing touchdown that put them up 13-3. But other than that, it wasn't like he went out there and killed him and looked like an MVP player like he's looked at like past in like earlier this season. And in the past, of course, when he won the the award and the Panthers, what they had shut out the Ravens at home for in the first half. I guess that was the first time the broadcast had said since like week eighteen of last season, where the Pan where the Ravens had been shut out at home in the first quarter. So this defense was they were terrific. I mean, three they had three sacks, ten tackles for loss. Brian Burns with another sack had five tackles, two tackles for loss. Jeremy Chin in his first game after missing the last six weeks had 10 tackles, seven of them solo. C.J. Henderson even had 10 tackles. Frankie Louvre once again flying all over the field. He had 10 tackles. There's not much else you can ask from this unit. Like, what else? I guess they could have got a turnover. That's the one thing you could ask for them to have done, and that's just where we're at, where we've talked about how when this unit gives up 17-plus points per game, in a game they lose. But when they hold an opponent below 17, typically they win. But it ter- turns out that they needed to get a couple turnovers and score themselves in order for the Panthers to win. And the bar cannot be that high for them to clear in order to win football games in the NFL. Like, that's just ridiculous to be held to that kind of standard to give your team a chance to win. Like, they gave the offense a chance to win. If the offense just went out there and capitalized. And it was in the third quarter when the Panthers finally did score that field goal where I'm sitting there thinking to myself, they got the ball at their own 46. You have an excellent opportunity to go down, get a touchdown, take the lead. Go out there and do it. And Baker stood tall in third down, hit Terrace Marshall, who was pretty well covered by Marcus Peters, put the ball on the inside, perfect positioning. Great play by Terrace. And they get bailed out there. I mean, not really bailed out, but, I mean, Tommy Trimble's getting mugged and, uh, by, by, what, Clark um, right there on that third down, and that ends up being a first down, and they can't capitalize and put the ball in the end zone. Like, they had an opportunity to do that offensively where the defense had put them in position to have good field position. I don't really think the Panthers had bad field position for the most part today in this loss against Baltimore, but yet they could not move the ball even when they had a chance. And that is – Probably the most frustrating part about all of this is just if you have a competent offense, you have a chance to win football games. If they have an average offense, they can they probably beat Baltimore today. They beat Baltimore today with an average offense. But instead, with the worst offense in the league, they end up losing 13 to 3. And you can go back to other games this season against the Giants in week two. An average offense beats that Giants team that day. The Cardinals. 
offensively, you could have beaten them had you played better that day. Like, the defense, they gave it 26 points in the end. Uh, but still, that's a game you could have won. The Rams, it's not like L.A. has looked good on offense all season long. They just lost to New Orleans today. I think they've lost, like, three straight games now. You could have beaten L.A. with a offensive game plan that mirrored the one that we had seen in the next two weeks with P.J. If they actually trusted P.J., they could have won that game. And again today. So that's four games this season that with an average offense, the Carolina Panthers could have won. And if you say you split those two, so it's split them, that makes this team, what, five and six? And at five and six, they're right there in the hunt for the division. But instead, they're three and eight, and they're drafting, I think, second overall because Detroit won, and then I think in Houston lost, of course, again. So I, I got to look up tankathon.com. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm, they're right there in the top three still. That's just right, the, the margins. If you just have a competent offense, something that's just not the direct that we've seen for 11 weeks, then you can win some games. But you don't. So there we are. We have a defense that is capable most weeks of winning football games, and I would say pretty much every week they are. We've seen how bad they were against Cincinnati, but it wasn't like the offense showed up that day either. And they weren't great against San Francisco, but again, it's not like the offense showed up that day anyways. They've been good enough. For the most part, all season long and even dating back to last year before all the injuries hit. And the injuries have hit once again. And yet, without Dante Jackson and without Miles Hartsfield and without Matt Ioannidis, like they still had, they had JC back. They had JC still out there to play, and he was kind of questionable. He was questionable, rather. And they, they got Jeremy Chin back, and Brian Burns is healthy, and they have Derek Brown, but still missing some key pieces. They were out there, and they were still able to go out and have a great performance. But it wasn't enough because the offense – Cannot move the football. <laughs> I, I'm over it. I, I know we're, we're all over it. Six more games, seven more weeks. Let's just let's just get it over already, man. I mean, I try to enjoy watching defense, but you look at it, you, you, it's even it's difficult to even enjoy because you know that it, it's going to amount to nothing because the offense can't do anything at all. All right, uh, let's take another quick pause here on the show and come up and wrap things up as we. Figure out who's going to start next week and look ahead to the Denver Broncos. That should be yet another fun offensive game because Russell and Denver stink, and we already know what we got here in Carolina. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. So how does Prize Picks work? If you pick two to five players, they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes, of course, the NFL. The NBA, Major League Baseball, whenever it comes back, the NHL, the PGA Tour, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, the World Cup has kicked off in Qatar. U.S. men's national team playing against Wales 2 o'clock Eastern time on Monday. Of course, NASCAR, tennis, boxing, cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast. Withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today first time users rather can receive a 100% instant deposit match of the $100 of promo code locked on so this is how it works if you deposit $100 price picks will give you $100 if you deposit $50 price picks will give you $50 if you deposit $1 we'll give you $1 don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 when you download the price picks app or go to prizepicks.com today If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, let's uh, look at this chat since we are we are live. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I hate it for this defense and Shy Smith. Just why? Why is he even on the field? Yeah, Shy, and, I, I, and that's the one thing. When I was thinking about that drive of the Panthers started at the 46, their own 46, and it's like, hey, this is the time to go out there early in the third quarter, go score a touchdown. Your defense is playing their ass off. This is the time to pick them up. Go out there and do that. And Shy Smith, what are you doing on the punt return there? Steve Wilkes asked about it a couple weeks ago when Shy Smith had some costly plays. I don't think actually they cost them. But they, I mean, they had some plays that were very shaky, and he said, I don't really see any reason not to have Shy back there. Okay, whatever. But, yeah, Shy getting stripped there. He played well in the preseason, earned the number three job, and has not played well enough. And that's why the Panthers need to be out in the market looking for a wide receiver. And we got another guy here on the chat talking about keep calling those screens for LaVisca Chenault. Chenault had that long touchdown run or catch and run against the Saints. It was comical defending, shambolic defending by the Saints. Not really Chenault. It's not like he's a shifty guy, and we've seen that. Because outside of that, and then the one against Atlanta, where I think they really slipped and got hit by the turf monster in the hurricane, and that was also poor defending. It's not like Chenault has gone out there and just been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shake you guys and make men miss. Like It's not like he's doing that. It's just the defense tripping over their own two feet. So I really don't see the value in what those plays really have – come up with but I guess they scored twice on him so maybe there's that but if you're really watching it it's like okay we can kind of look back at the tape and see that yeah what the hell were the Saints doing and also the Falcons like they're terrible defensively so sure but I don't know that's basically what they got to go to as far as play calls with LaVisca um they got to find somebody else who can help them out uh yeah Baker and receivers were never on the same page they certainly weren't today and he brought that up with that interception uh Chuba looks like he's scared when someone throws him the ball he just can't catch man um, just can't catch. Don't know what the deal is there. Ben McAdoo stinks too. He has not been great. How did Cleveland hide all his flaws? Well, they had a great running game. We talked about this on the mailbag about when he was with Stefanski, especially back in the pandemic season in 2020, you had a great run game with Nick Chubb, who we know is excellent, and also with Kareem Hunt. And when you're able to work off of that, you can do play action. They ran the most play action in the NFL when he was there, and we just have not seen that here. They've been more of an RPO system in McAdoo's offense. And, of course, we know back when Rule was here, they talked about how they wanted to air the puppy out, which was absurd, especially considering that they had brought in Bozeman and they had brought in Deontay Foreman, and they had talked about being a down and rushing attack in the offseason, and they get to the season, a quarterback who they barely had had, and they, who had barely gotten enough reps to be even asked to do those certain things. Um, that's what they want him to do. So I don't know. They, they, they haven't helped him. He also hasn't shown the ability to make those plays anyways. Yeah. And someone also says Baker stinks. His confidence is broken. And, and Baker, when I was reading from a lot of the uh, reporters up there in Cleveland, they were saying, you know, he, when he's confident, he can be a good player, but when his confidence is broken, he is just a shell of himself. And I don't think we've had a confident Baker Mayfield at any point in time at all this season. And 
don't see how he's going to be able to get it now. And it doesn't help, too, because he was asked about this after the game about just, you know, not knowing whether he's going to be the quarterback or not. And he said all the right things. He's going to go out there. He's going to support P.J. And P.J. played his ass off against Atlanta. And P.J. deserved to start and all that kind of stuff. He's going to say all the right things. And it's good he's done that. Because if anything, while he's not played well this season, he has at least earned himself a roster spot next year somewhere as a backup quarterback, just considering the fact that he's been a good teammate. And that goes a long way. Like Sam as well will be somewhere. Maybe he'll be here. We'll see how it works out. But he said all the right things. But it can't help to know that – well, not to not know. We know when you're going to get yanked and when you're going to be the guy. So, Steve Wilkes, I know he's gone week to week. And it's the situation is kind of called for that because you haven't known the health of Baker and of Sam. You haven't known whether P.J. was going to be the guy. But as I told you all before P.J. got hurt, what Wilkes has shown us, more so than what he said, what he's shown us is like, hey, P.J. is my guy. He keeps putting him out there. And we'll see if P.J. is healthy, if that will be the case again against Denver on Sunday when they come to town. Um, we got positive note from Colton here in the chat saying, Burns is hitting his double-digit sacks. Can we pay this man or what? Yeah, they're going to have to pay him after the season. Uh, of course, he's under contract next year with the fifth-year option that they exercised back in, I guess, April of this past year. So not really any concern of whether they're going to be able to keep Burns for next season. And they already turned down those two first-round picks. So, of course, they're planning on paying him. But after doing that, they're going to have to pay him whatever he wants because you don't turn down two first-round picks and then turn around and try and lowball a guy. Burns is going to get whatever he wants. I don't know whether he'll be a pro bowler again, but he certainly has earned every single penny he's going to get from the Carolina Panthers or from any team in the NFL moving forward whenever those contracts start talks start, which I think will happen probably around March this offseason. That's what they need to get done. So, uh, yeah, Denver on Sunday – and then we have the bye week, a late bye. Like, we've needed to buy so much earlier. <laughs> so much earlier we needed a break from this team. And I know plenty of you all have taken a break from the team. And I will say, as soon as the season's over with, we do have things to look forward to. I think it should be, hopefully, a fun and hope-filled offseason, considering they're going to hire a new head coach. Start praying now, as I'm doing right now here on camera, that David Tepper hires the right guy. And that coach actually shows that he can be an NFL head coach and shows the competence that we need at that position here in Charlotte. So there's that to look forward to. There is also the addition of the coaching staff. We'll see what they do as far as defensive coordinator, offense coordinator who sticks around. Would love to see Chris Tabor stick around special teams wise. I mean, Steve Wilkes would be great to have him in some sort of role here in Carolina. We'll see. It's, of course, up to the new head coach. And uh, David Tepper does not need to make the stipulation that you have to keep Wilkes on your staff. He does not need to do that. Bring in somebody. Let them hire the people they want to hire. And if they're smart, they'll probably find a way to keep Steve Wilkes here on the roster if, if Steve Wilkes wants to stay here in Carolina. Because you have to also understand that Wilkes is someone who probably views himself as a coordinator and not a secondary coach like he came in here to be under Matt Rule. And he probably views himself as someone who should get a legitimate shot to be a head coach. And if it's not here in Carolina where he's going to get that shot, then I don't begrudge him to go out somewhere else and try and get that shot. And for Steve <laughs> – Hell, like I've talked about it, it's it was always going to be an uphill battle for him to get the job and because the quarterback position is just not good enough. And offensively, they can't be trusted, and they've looked better with P.J. in the defense. Like they had the Bengals game, and then the Falcons game wasn't great, the first one. But outside of that, they've been really good. He's done everything he can to get this job. Like, I don't – they got six more games. He got six more games out there to add to his resume and show that he can do it here. It's just you wonder what this would look like if Steve Wilkes had a competent quarterback and an offense that actually could do something 
but he does not have that. He does not have the benefit of that here. He's obviously he's not a bad coach. I, you think he can be a good coach? You can have, if he gives if given the opportunity in the right situation. Now, he was not in a good situation in Arizona. Certainly did not inherit a good situation as the Dallas Cowboys just went up nineteen to three on Minnesota. Um, I don't know. And I saw someone out there tweeting like, "Hey, like, can we start the Steve Wilkes for Panthers head coach like kind of discussions?" Like, well, they're losing right now. So how, I don't really know how you can do that because wins and losses is really what it's going to matter in the end, and that's what David Tepper's looking at, unfortunately. So, yeah, it sucks for Steve Wilkes. But um, we'll see what he says on Monday about the quarterback position. He did say after the game that not much he can really say. And it's one of those things where he probably wants to go look at the tape, see really how much of it was on Baker, what was uh, on the receivers, what was on the O-line, the rest of that. And also with the statuses for P.J. Because until he really knows where P.J.'s at, He's not going to really know. And then we'll see what he thinks about Sam. And I, I wish – I don't know because the audio when I was watching the press conference was so bad. So I wasn't not sure if anyone asked about Sam Darnold. But I'm hoping that someone can ask him about Sam on that Monday day after a press conference and say, like, hey, is like he actually a real option this week? Or are you going to give us the runaround again? I don't know. Like, what do you want to do? So we'll, we'll hear about that. And we'll prepare against a Broncos team that has a good defense. They did trade away Bradley Chubb, but a good defense – in an offense that has not been good. So it should be uh, yet another fun game to watch next Sunday here in Carolina as the Panthers welcome in the Denver Broncos. I guess it's a 1 o'clock game. I hope it is because let's get it over with. But that's all I got here on today's show here on Locked on Panthers. So sad. Just so frustrating. Um, Again, guys, make sure to watch the show. Subscribe to the show over on our Locked on Panthers YouTube channel. Check out all the live shows and all the shows we do throughout the week. Also, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to the Locked On Panthers podcast and all the traditional podcasting feeds so uh, you don't miss an episode there. And uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. As long as Twitter is still here, at Julian Council. DM me, of course. If you want to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag, it's Black Friday. I'm not going to have a mailbag. I'm not going to be recording a podcast on Thanksgiving. And I also would hope you guys would not be listening to podcasts or watching the show on Thanksgiving or on Black Friday. Like, go be with your families. Go uh, do something other than that and try and get away from this team. But, of course, please continue to support the show as best you can because I get it. When a team loses, I'm certainly not someone who's going out there to see content from a team I support when they lose games. So, no, somebody just said, let's trade for Mitch Trubisky. Are you insane? He must be trolling us. Um, but, yeah. Be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding because we need to more than we have ever needed to, it feels like, in the last 28 years of Carolina Panthers football. Until then, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Goodbye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.